Sports. 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 Podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Pomaville. And joining us, as always, is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. Happy Boxing Day for Independence Day. That's right. You got to throw out all those old firework boxes. Yep. So is, Bring is, them back is, to Walmart. Is Boxing Day like the opposite of Eve? Yes. Every holiday has a Boxing Day? Yep. It's whatever the day after is where you pack up all the stuff that you got out for that day. So wait, what about official bag day? Well, official bag day has the the boxing day is when you put all the bags inside the boxes so the boxes can prove right. their dominance. But so there's a bag day boxing day. Yep. Oh, okay. absolutely. I think we just called this a cleaning day at my right. house growing up. That's fair. Or having a party was the the uh, slang that my grandfather would use. Oh, yeah, to make it sound fun when you clean. Hey, we're having a party. Start here's your broom. <laughs> It's not a joke. That is not a joke. What an awful party. <laughs> what yeah. a smart grandpa. But by the way, the first time I went to like a any party in junior high, I was like, this is phenomenally better than what I thought it would be. Right? They were like, here's your broom. <laughs> go clean up the keg in the back. I was always the opposite. I'd always go to parties and be like, this is not like television has led me to believe it would be. Well, I just thought it was all about the cleaning. And so when I was presented with uh, chips and dip, I was just thrilled. <laughs> you know, for me, parties have always been about the chips and dip. In every well, generation sure, of but... my life, even in like college when you're supposed to be getting crazy, I was always by that food table, man. <laughs> you know, and, and with your physique, you'd never guess that. Thank you. I'm I'm tall and lanky. <laughs> uh, guys, yeah. I'm so glad I got somebody from the fraternity here. I got to tell you, there are some sorority girls who have stripped down to their underwear and they're dancing on the table where you have kept the chips and dips. So I think we need to get them thrown out of here immediately. <laughs> uh, so it's it still remains a slow sports news as we cover the ramping up of sports right now for at least another three weeks, and then I think we're going to have uh, three to four weeks of, of covering the closure of sports. Sure. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, the big news, of course, is uh, the Washington professional football team. Yeah. I believe they finally said they're considering changing their name amid uh, public and uh, uh, sp- sponsor uh, financial pressure. Yeah, that sure. was a long time coming. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like I've heard about this f- for my whole life, and I'm not even a sports fan. I feel like significantly less racist mascots and 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 uh, and and you know logos have have been changed repeatedly over the last twenty years, and they've continued to hold out. Well, so today we have on. This is a big get because he's not very public, and I think does not like discussing the issue. At least that's what his past has shown. But we have Washington owner Dan Snyder to discuss uh, potentially changing the team name. Oof. Well, oh, wow. he's going to get a piece of my mind when he comes on here. Well, you know, I actually don't know about that, Phil. I think you're going to be getting burritos. Oh, yeah, it's my turn again. I I didn't look at the chore wheel. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, it'll be one of our turns any day now. But, but yeah, it's it's definitely on you this time. Yeah. And uh, what about, but you'll be back in time for Wide World of Weird Sports, you're right? You're goddamn right I will. And we got a news, news, news. But first, sports update, watch update. Sports update, watch update. Brought to you by... The concept of athleticism. 
hey, wouldn't you like to be able to move your joints when you when your brain thinks to do it? NFL could ask fans to sign COVID waiver in exchange to attend games. Yikes. Subheadline, this is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government to begin week one of the NFL season, a Thursday night football matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and Houston Texans. At the kickoff whistle, any and all crime, including murder, will be legal for 12 continuous hours. Purge! Whenever you hear the purge, don't you think of the old Surge commercials? Absolutely. Yeah, I always do. Nothing uh, goes with a purge like a surge. Right, it's like people in a junkyard jumping over couches. Only they're yeah. wearing cloud masks and they have chainsaws. I thought that was in a basement. Was it? Now I, I might be misremembering. For some reason, I thought it was outside. You're but right. It might have been wrong. a junkyard. Yeah. Uh, we we joke though. If there's any group of people that I think you can you really trust for self-reporting potential COVID symptoms, it's Texas football fans on the verge of their first game. Sure. Having long ago perfected its ability to kill its own players, the NFL is now turning its unquenchable <laughs> bloodlust towards its fans. Perfect. I never thought I'd say this, but our only chance rests with Raiders fans. For only the Black Hole's dystopic steampunk costumes that double as actual weapons will allow us any shot at living through Week 1 Purge. <laughs> uh, in a move that, in italics, might mitigate the risk of a lawsuit if fans are allowed back into stadiums, the NFL is considering asking fans to sign a COVID-19 liability waiver should they seek to attend games. Mm-hmm. It's really like the, Ugh. should they seek to attend a game? A right. waiver you must sign. <laughs> then you must answer our riddles three. <laughs> I'm trying to think about how much money professional football actually makes from ticket sales. And I'm pretty sure it's a really tiny portion of their budget. That is, I would say that's accurate. Um, Seems like the easiest way to avoid liability would just to not have anybody attend the games. <laughs> Well, shut, shut your mouth, Joel. <laughs> All throughout the past few months, with their sport the furthest from commencing a season, they have indicated they plan to have fans in the stands. Mm. And as we creep closer to September, this could just be a game of chicken with state governments. We're not going <laughs> to self-regulate. Tell us we can't have fans. Tell us we can't. If you don't, we're not going to be held responsible for what happens here. Yikes. Um, in a nod to what seems to be the best-case scenario... They have agreed to be at partial capacity. The NFL is actually going to block off the first six to eight rows in each stadium for advertisements. So okay. basically, they've, they've already said they know it's not going to be full, but the first six to eight rows are going to be for advertisements. And each team has been given a PowerPoint presentation from the league so they might be able to tell the difference between a harmless mannequin and a vividly realistic Japanese sex doll. Oh, phew. <laughs> Uh, just a thought here, but we, are we about to find out that, uh, NFL owners can actually make more money by selling advertising in where the seats would normally be. And then subsequently no human being will attend a live football game ever again. I think it's possible in partially because the pent up demand for sports, you know what I mean? Like the rates that they're going to be able to charge for people just wanting to watch sports. I've complained for years that the NFL is doing almost nothing for the in-person attendees and everything for the television-watching public. I just feel like we're on the verge of it completely tipping off the deep end. 
And this well, I mean, is what's going to do it. And to your point, Joel, this has basically really changed the average cost for a family to attend a game. USA Today does these all the time, but four tickets, four hot dogs, four Cokes, funeral for grandma, $25,000. Wow. 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 Nice funeral, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just really like it, you can't. Actually, like, the, the funeral's only 4375 of that, Phil. Oh, the hot dogs. That's how <laughs> yeah. they got you. NFL is less accessible to the middle class than ever. <laughs> right. That's true. Only corporate sponsors can afford prices like that, and they're not even paying attention to the action on the field. No. Nope. Yeah, they're up they're... in those luxury boxes. And they're just too excited to kill grandma. I mean, that's what corporations <laughs> live for, right? They're like, I mean, you know what? Keep the money. We just want the dead grandma. Right. Well, they gotta. They have to like make this whole thing up about how they're selling things for quote-unquote profit. But right. really, they're just looking to find ways to kill grandma with impunity yeah. uh, and get away with it. And they found the best is uh, capitalism. Well, I mean, any they were going to take grandma and put her on their island to hunt her anyways. So this is yeah, just like but, a more interesting way for them to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And less bad PR. Yeah, exactly. Now, how ironclad these waivers would be in protecting teams from potential legal ac- illegal action is up for debate. It's zero percent. Attorney, Z- attorney <laughs> uh, Bob Hilliard, who has sued MLB on behalf of fans hit by foul balls, questions basically how they would end up in court. And he kind of sounds like a mob boss saying it. Strange things about waivers. They're fragile, often easily breakable. Ooh, funny thing about kneecaps. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, however, so they got that's that's Bob Hilliard. He sued the MLB successfully on behalf of fans. Then you have er, uh, attorney Erwin Kirshner at a New York law firm that represents team owners who disagrees. He says, "Well, there is a problematic nature of waivers, but he does not view them as flimsy as Hilliard." Yeah, sounds like the guy who's losing foul ball lawsuits to Bob Hilliard, <laughs> right? Sports update, watch update. Sports update, watch update. Brought to you by the concept of athleticism. Have you run lately? No? Okay. <laughs> news, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. Joey Chestnut wins 13th consecutive Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Woo! Ooh. What, did Subheadline he, did he have three, and then just go. Oh, I'm full. No. Subheadline: Faith in America restored for millions. There we go. <laughs> USA, USA. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest is a July Fourth tradition. I watch it every year. It began when an Irish immigrant, Jim Mullen, challenged three friends, saying, "Whoever can eat the most hot dogs is the most American." Mm. Mullen ate 13 hot dogs that day and won. But more importantly, his logic still prevails today. Oh, That's yeah. true. That's how we're going to determine our president at, uh, once the, all the election system falls apart. Well, no, the electoral, co- yeah, the electoral college will have a hot dog eating contest. Right. Yeah. But you that's know, also, it's as good that's, as any. That's been the key part of the citizenship exam since the, the Coney Island days. Right. Uh, like, the event. you know, if, if, you, if your ancient grandparents came here arriving from Italy with only you know, two dollars to their grandparents. Name. What is this ancient, phrasing? Ancient grandparents. I, I think I got stuck between ancestors and something else. <laughs> Your ancient grandparents haunted me to this day. 
They came through Ellis Isle, and their name was changed from Ancient to Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had to wolf down five hot dogs with sauerkraut to get into the country. Uh, the event usually takes place at the most famous corner in Major League Eating, Stillwater and Surf, in sure. Coney Island, New York. Uh, and some people would dispute that, but okay. You know, I, so I watch every year, and I'll tell you what, three months after sports have uh, ended, ESPN is really hurting. So <laughs> I, I tuned into SportsCenter early, and uh, first I witnessed, in between them showing like highlights from a year ago, I witnessed the worldwide leader in sports promoting an Eagles concert movie <laughs> filmed at the, at the LA Forum in 2018, showing Sunday night in prime time. Who, Yikes. Who wants to watch a concert film of the Eagles in 2018? I'll tell you what. What the is audience... the point in having video technology if you're not going to watch, like, I guess the Eagles are a bland enough band that seeing old versions yeah, the Eagles Joel, are going to be mad overrated. Screw the Eagles. Joel, what is on ESPN normally on Sunday nights in July? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Uh, is it ice hockey? Sunday night baseball. Oh! oh the Eagles. Yeah. Now do you get it? Yeah, no, no, I, I do. Now I, you I'm, see the Venn diagram. I'm saying if this were a concert that they were releasing from 1975, I'd go, oh. But 2018 is just a little galling to me. Well, after this and before the hot dog eating contest, as SportsCenter wrapped up its not sports news... Anchors Antoinetta Collins and David Lloyd had their own pigs in a blanket eating contest. I'm not joking. Yikes. It, it lasted 30 seconds, which was 30 seconds too long, and it felt like David Lloyd didn't really take it seriously. He seemed really worried about his suit. But uh, What a douche. Was he yeah, dipping no. them in water and then shoving them into his face? No, he was eating them really reasonably. And then Antoinette Collins, who I've actually never seen before, so it felt like maybe she was like the weekend, like she was the holiday anchor, so she had something to prove. Oh, she yeah. was like, she was going nuts with them. Oh, she was in your shoulder, Jordan. Yeah, no, I loved it. You know, gritty. Gritty <laughs> player. Um, I wonder how he, many hot dogs Gritty could eat. <laughs> oh, Gritty Looking would just him. eat the person who was running the contest. Oh, that's a fair point. He would, and then like he would wait until Joey hat. Chestnut. He'd wait until the last second and then eat Joey Chestnut. And, and everyone then be would like, I ate all like, the hot dogs oh. and yeah. the hot dog eater. <laughs> Couple big differences this year: only five contestants. They trimmed the field to just the top five. And yep. even of those five, like people had to be there had to be substitutes because a couple people were from states with travel bans. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, indoors with air conditioning, temperature controlled, 76 degrees. The average temperature the past few years is 82 degrees. This was a big difference. Nope. No crowds, obviously. Yeah, but why wouldn't you do it outside? Outside safer. I think because they wanted to discourage crowds because they would actually have to have police shut down the street. Yeah, people will mill around if you have a hot dog eating contest. Yeah, so basically it was indoors, shut off from, there's no crowds, but to keep you hyped, they showed B-roll of like last year of the crowd going nuts. Cool. It was really weird to see it happen indoors without fans because it wasn't the normal atmosphere and they just like piped in some like generic uh, music. Uh, they should have played just like horror uh, music, like record player from the 30s of like, all yeah. around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. Oh my right. God. Awesome. 
quick that question. That sounds amazing. Quick question for both of you. Top yep. three songs on your hot dog eating playlist. Go now. I would want uh, something with lots of tempo. Dirty yeah. Deeds. Okay, uh, I think one. mine's all ACDC. It's Highway to Hell. It's uh, <laughs> Dirty Deeds. And it's TNT. That's a great yep. fucking... Yeah, that's it. That, that's a great playlist for almost any occasion. <laughs> I think I'd want to do Green Day, Welcome to Paradise. Uh, I would want to do Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle. Okay. okay. And then, uh, uh, oh, I would want to play uh, uh, Ignition by Van Halen. Whoa. Ooh. Do you mean Eruption or Ignition? Yeah, that's eruption. what Eruption. Yes. And the right one with into the two hand really tapping guitars. Where it's like a super shreddy solo the whole time? Yeah. That yeah. one. <laughs> All right, Joel, your top three real quick, and then we get back to the article. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. The Beer Barrel Polka on repeat. Three times. <laughs> Done. Okay, so the eaters are spaced more than six feet apart, plexiglass between them and the judges and also the other contestants. Which and people all have been the- arguing for to just to, to, to prevent chewing debris from flying at the audience for years well there's usually like a bit of a moat where people aren't allowed to stand that's actually (laughs) i'm not even joking that's like serves as the splash zone but this year they have the plexiglass and then all of the judges each contestant has one judge that just focuses on them and counts their hot dogs all the judges had face shields and face masks and were all spaced out um and also new this year masks work what do you mean Oh, the, the judges, Joel. The judges. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. And uh, also, this year you could bet on uh, you could bet on this on DraftKings. <laughs> nice. Which was also yeah. So first you have the undercard, which is the women's hot dog eating contest. Mickey Sudo won her seventh mustard belt in a row, eating forty eight point five HDBs. Wow. For the uninitiated, hot dog and bun. Second place. Laurel Marie Melee, 16. What? That's quite Pseudo a destroyed her. And in doing so, she set a new woman's record, breaking Sonia Black Widow Thomas's mark of 45. Mm. She's well, actually part of... Sorry? I was trying to remember, because I remember when Kobayashi first set the first, like, blew it away record. Wasn't his record, like, 42? Yes. Yes, she beat Kobayashi this day. Like, but obviously, Kobayashi's record has since fallen, but yes, she ate more than but Kobayashi. But he was like the first one that invented dipping the bun in water and stuff. Yes, so. and the shake. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Got it. Um, and she's actually part of a competitive eating power couple. Her boyfriend and training partner is Nick Wary, a Wary, sorry, who has uh, finished second and third several times in the men's division. Got it. You uh, know what his opening line was? <laughs> what? Do you want to get, like, a whole lot of dinner sometime? I like it. Yeah. (laughs) Mickey Sudo was interviewed post-game and said, quote, I feel great. I'm sure the physical effects will kick in soon, but I feel great. (laughs) Sorry. It's going to ruin the next few days, but you know what? I feel great. Right. I'm about to shit my brains out on the 4th of July, but, you know, I won. (laughs) Uh, She'll be singing America the Beautiful on the toilet while she's doing it, though, so. Or the uh, beer barrel polka. <laughs> okay, so now you got it at the men's event. Now the cleaners come in because they use the same plexiglass for the men and women. Gross. So, a bunch of people came in with like Windex and Lysol. They clean they clean it up. And then Joey Chestnut comes in. Now Joey Chestnut coming into the event 
had 12 hot dog eating championships, which of course is tied for the same number of French Open championships Roger Nadal has won. Wow. The rivalry between those two over the years, you know, trading that back and forth, uh, has been really incredible to watch. Magic. I gotta say. Where's that We're all pretty lucky to be living in this this truly unprecedented age of uh of food eating versus tennis rivalry. Right. And 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 to talk about thirty for thirty, Joey Chestnut comes in, he's won he wins his thirteenth in a row, he eats seventy five hot dog and He's the most American of all. He set a new world record, beating his own. And uh, DraftKings, you could bet on this, had the over-under at 72.5. Really? I mean, that's that's 10 minutes. That's seven and a half hot dogs per minute? Yes. That's insane. How do you get it? Like, you'd have to swallow them whole, right? Yeah, well, they they shove several. Well, they dip the buns in water, as you know, and they'll shove, like three sausages in their mouth at once just start mowing them down wow unbelievable that's just an impressive feat right there second place was a darren breeden with 42 what was never in doubt never in doubt wow Wow. so the the women's champion beat everybody except joey chestnut because he's the most american right oh yeah but joey chestnut almost lapped his second place person that's amazing (laughs) On the podcast is the Washington NFL team owner, Dan Snyder. Dan. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yep. Now, we've been trying to get you on the podcast to talk about this for a while. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that. About you trying to get on the podcast. Well, okay. Okay, sorry, sorry. Didn't mean to lead with that. But I think we felt the reason that you were dodging us all these years is you didn't want to talk about uh, your team name, which is in a nice, in the nicest way of saying it is controversial. I think the most honest way is saying horribly offensive. No, I, of course I wasn't dodging anybody. Nobody was bringing it up to me. So I didn't even know it was a problem. I'm sorry. No, nobody was. No, who nobody brought was it, bringing up, to it me. up to you. I was, I'm the general manager. I was worried about, uh, media rights and ticket sales and the price of nachos well right that feels a little below a team owner that feels a little little i like to dig in i like to dig in with my properties okay and so then recently someone said hey did the washington redskins is offensive and i went what (laughs) it was just like that yeah i'm sorry dan i feel like i was horrified I feel like this has been something that you've been fa- you bought the team in 1999. This yep. has been yeah. brought up before. This is not a new thing. I, I I really resent you suddenly saying like that. What this this suddenly hit you? What? Who really thinks about the names of the teams though? I was just thinking about this great group of kids playing the sport <laughs> they love. What who about- think what? I mean, think about it. The well, you say the- who thinks, but. Pretty much all of the local and national sports media for the last I don't read two decades. I don't read media. It's a distraction. Yeah, but okay. I I find it. I, I don't know. I don't how read you'd be newspapers. Able to avoid this I don't listen piece to people. I just I'm <laughs> I'm just heads down trying to make this organization work. I mean, I guess I admire that type of work ethic, but I think maybe 
paying attention to your surroundings would make you a more complete and informed person, yeah. Dan. Are, would, aren't there but... people within the organization who report to you? Oh, they're going to get. They're going to get people? a. They're going to get an earful. Now that I, <laughs> now that I heard, but now that they really forced me to consider that the Washington Redskins might be construed as offensive. I was like, it seems like people should have told me this. I was on a Zoom call, right, and with all of my executive staff, and I said, "What the what the crow? What? Nobody told me." Yeah. So 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 you're saying that the issue here is primarily the employees of the Washington Redskins who failed to inform you that people found this offensive. I'm a busy man. I am incredibly rich and I run a team amongst other investments who has time to think about the meaning of words. I mean, I mean okay. What, what on was a your metaphysical favorite, what level, was your favorite I... band in 1998? Sugar Ooh. Ray. Sugar yeah, Ray. I, I, That's I a dumb that. name. Sugar well, Ray. Well, I mean, like it's not the that good of a band either. Hey, Jordan, he's yeah. right. Fair's fair. Dan Snyder is correct about the name of Sugar Ray. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. It's just, it's, and you know what? I, Could be construed as racially offensive if you really think about it. I well, I, I don't I don't agree with you there, uh, Dan. Well, well, well uh, hey, let's let's hear his logic here, what's, real quick. What's the other famous Sugar Ray you can think of? A uh, boxer. Yep. There's what ethnicity was this boxer? Uh, they were both black, African American, yeah. And what was the ethnicity of the people in Sugar Ray? They were global. They were completely citizens of the world. I would say, Mark, starting with Mark <laughs> McGrath, absolutely. Right. They were from Orange County, and I'm pretty sure they were all white. I'm pretty woke. I think that that's. <laughs> I don't a think you are, Dan. No, I'm pretty Wait woke. Wait a second. Dan, I have a lot of trouble believing that you would be able to use woke in its appropriate context I'm like that. I'm extremely woke. And would woke. not have been aware that people my were offended eyes, by your team My mascot. eyes are open right now. And you know what? <laughs> I'm going to launch a steering committee to find out why people didn't tell me earlier that the Washington Redskins could be construed as offensive. And then once we do a series of meetings about whose fault it is, I'm going to fire that person and then maybe consider changing the name in the future. Well, that, wow. see, that's where I think what we need to get to. I didn't need to know any of that information. <laughs> what I wanted to know was, when are you going to change the team name? That's what we're all wondering. When are you going to change the team name? Dan, it seems like now that you found out, you could initiate the name change first and then worry about the quote-unquote responsible party second. Joel, have you ever been a billionaire before? Nope, can't say that I have. The way that you stay a billionaire is by making moves thoughtfully. <laughs> First, you gotta find out who the rats within your organization are, and you yeah. gotta get them out. Or else, I could change the name tomorrow to the the Washington uh, Wheat Bread, and then someone could just turn around and change it right back to the our apostrophe D skins. Wait, no, wait, no, what, no, wait, how could you change the name and then someone just turn around and change it back? Because you got a rat, the organization. Oh. <laughs> you got a rat, and until that rat is weeded out, nothing's sacred. They're no, not I, I woke, can, I am woke. 
I can see how this goes. You know, Dan goes to all the trouble of making this important name change and ending racism throughout his organization. Ending and, it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden this sneaky rat comes in and changes the name without him or anyone knowing about it. Then this it. whole process starts all over again. <laughs> okay, we can't so, have that. It's inefficient. We right? need, then we you need, need one well-considered, after maybe three to five years of meetings... We'll figure out exactly whose fault it was, and then we can start initiating a brand committee to figure out the proper name. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, we get rid of the rat. Okay, I'll allow you that. Let's get the person who could possibly undermine you making a, a, a positive choice and changing the name. Perfect. Let's say specific he's gone. individual who's he responsible or she, for you not knowing he, about He or she, sorry. That was whatever not very person, woke of you, Jordan. Whatever person would be, would be the hypothetical rat. So, they're gone. We've moved on. Now, let's change the name. They can't, so you're not going to, let's change the name, and then they can't come in the next day and, like, repaint over everything. So, what are you going to do? He's gone. He or she is gone. What are you going to do, Dan? You tell me. You got to put together the brand committee to really evaluate all of the names. And you start where everybody starts, with the dictionary at A. We look at aardvarks. We consider the implications of aardvarks. We so talk is, about it. We test what group it. You're telling people is that you you need to uh, assess the potential for a mascot of every single word in the dictionary. If we and change this, the name and don't get it right this time, it could be the end of this organization. Is, is this? I would be, have a hard time believing that you could not get it right this time. <laughs> yeah. Is is this? If you don't be get it right OED this time, or 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 uh, oh geez, what's that other one? Well, let's think of it this way, right? Let's say let's just pick a perfectly great team name like the Washington Snakes. Okay. Right? Then what if that the, would be an improvement? Right, but what if then people say snakes? Are, they're the creatures that attempted Eve with the apple, and therefore it's an anti-feminist name. I feel like you're grasping at straws here, I'm not Dan. grasping at straws. That could have big implications. I feel there like it's not snakes. an equal thing here. No, well, well, I'm not saying they're equal. I'm saying we want to get it right because I'm very, very woke. Okay. <laughs> and therefore we need to have... A diversity and inclusion committee to vet everything, and we need to go through every word in the dictionary, really consider this, and then who knows, maybe 15, 20, 25 years from now, we'll have a perfect name for this illustrious football team. Okay. Yeah. I'm now referring to but the R, asterisk, 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 S. Yeah, Dan, okay. here's... Here's sort of the thing, though, is I think that a lot of people in the general public, uh, this is not new to them. They've known for a long time that this Hindsight was very Hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. right. I'm just saying that your suggestion that it's going to take several years of, of committee meetings before you can even begin considering to change the name is going to upset people because they... You know, they might have been in committee mode in, in 20... You know, in 2005, but they're... They're past that now. Oh, we're it's, working it's, as fast as we can, though. I mean, I'm not like going to sleep for the next 25, 30, 35 years it takes for us to get this absolutely right. I'm sorry, so 25 what? years. I'm Give not going to rest until we fix this problem. You haven't Give owned me. the team for 25 years. 
Exactly. I hadn't had time to think about whether or not this was offensive. And so now it's hypothetically, is. you could have initiated name change proceedings the moment you bought the team. If someone told me, those rats. Right, right. And, and you know what? And those rats may have even moved on, the ones back then. You know, most of them are dead. So if you, if, can you give me a timeline here, uh, Dan? I know you're going to find the rat. Then you're going to start pretty, a committee. I'm pretty sure he just uh, he just admitted that he's been killing whistleblowers. No, I'm <laughs> saying they were older people. In 25 years, a lot is a lot of people died. Okay, all right, Maybe. Dan. Yeah. Can you can you tell me? Can you give me a little bit of like? Wh- give me a timeline, and maybe also tell me a little bit of uh, what's going on in your organization during that timeline. And then when, when are we going to see a team name change? Absolutely. Well, we got to weed out the rat. That could take right. Up we to- got that. Five, yep. ten years, right? You keep coming back to that, even I, though no one's really said anything to support that being so important. But yes, okay, you want to weed out the rat. Five, ten years, all were good, right? Yeah. So a lot of cold cases take longer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, Dan. That's then, part of how they're defined as cold cases. So Branding committee. We get everybody in room, start working our way through the dictionary. There's a lot of words in the dictionary, and they're adding new ones every year. Got yeah, you can skip event. a lot of them, though. There's a lot of adjectives you don't need to go through. We want to be thorough. We want to get it right this time. All right. We can probably right, do that 40, 50, 60 years. And in the meantime, if you asked what we're going to do, in the meantime, I mean, business as usual, right? People need to have their football. Here's, here's what I see, Dan, and I hope I'm speaking your language here. Yep. If you take that long to change the team name, you're just increasing the odds that another rat infiltrates your inner circle. <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. We're going to have to do new rat cleanings every 10 years. Well, you know what that does? That takes us to infinity. That takes us to oh. infinity time. Dan, this has been, a, I would say, a very disappointing interview, I must say. I'm yeah, disappointed, I gotta say, too. I, had... I wish I could do the right thing, but it's too. we can't do the right thing. It's too. There's, the timeline's not there. I guess we have it's, to wait for AI and machine learning to take over so we can speed up these processes. Dan, that you're fighting with, uh, with this fifth column within your own organization. I'm very woke. I'm going to fix this someday. You better, Dan. 80 years, tops. And now it's time for another wide world of a weird sports. Oh, it's wide world of weird sports time. We love wide world of weird sports. Wide world of weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's wide world of weird sports from MLB.com. Each team's weirdest promotional item ever. What? I like yeah. the sound of this. this. This is a big one, so we'll see if we can get through all of them. If not, we we'll might part to it. Hey, Phil, we might not get sports till 2021, so take your time, buddy. Taking the time. All right, starting with the Blue Jays, Derek Bell's car. <laughs> what? Yeah. So <laughs> Bell was just minding his own business, getting ready to start in center field for Toronto's final game in the 1992 regular season. When he heard something odd over the loudspeaker, <laughs> surely he must have misheard until he turned around and saw teammate Joe Carter driving his Jeep onto the field, ready to be raffled <laughs> off to one lucky fan sitting in section 123. I thought that was a valet. Uh, it turned out to be a prank, but still, they, yeah. they have video of the look on his face, and it's like, what? That's really, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's a great prank. I gotta find that. That's incredible. Great prank. 
uh, the Orioles the right to play manager for a day. <laughs> oh, that's oh awesome. my God. When was this? So it was uh, August 24th, 1951. He allowed a special section of Browns fans behind a home dugout to act as manager during the team's game against the A's. Each fan received two placards, one reading yes and the other reading no, which they would raise <laughs> whenever a club official held up a sign asking them a strategic question. So the wow. other team. Yeah, they oh, actually man. won the game that day too. Steal! Yes! Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I would do everything. I would just say yes to everything. Yeah, because you want more action. Right? Yeah. If they were good improvisers, they'd say yes to everything. How did- how did they know to pitch out? God! These people are geniuses. They, you think they're using some sort of system to decode our signs? Right. Uh, the Red Sox, seat cushions. Wow. And, yeah. At first Boring class, in Beantown. Right. At first class, this might seem harmless. Seat cushions sound exactly like the sort of thing teams would give out each year. Alas, when Boston decided to give them away... Prior to a game against the Indians in September 1982, they hadn't thought it all the way through. After the Red Sox broke open the game with two homers in the sixth inning, many fans started tossing their cushions onto the field. Oh. Yeah. This, that feels like something that's unfortunate because there's a lot of promotions that this happens with. And yep. it's yeah. like, in, in a vacuum, anything uh, thrown on the field is bad. Like, anything you give fans can be thrown on the field, in, you know, unless it's an intangible. But... And, and anything throwing on the field is bad. Right. Yeah, you know you know how you avoid this, Jordan? You spend a little extra money for decent seat cushions. Right. <laughs> People That's throw true. seat cushions on the field when they're like, I paid my money for a ticket at seat cushion giveaway day, and this is a piece of crap. Right. They're tossing that. But if they're like, oh, look at this seat cushion. It's comfy. Well, they're it's got right. one of those little backflip-up <laughs> things. Yeah. I'm not tossing this anywhere. We need oh. a market-based solution. Better yes. quality seats. <laughs> exactly. So the Fenway PA man, Sherm Feller, said, try sitting on the cushions. It's more comfortable that way. <laughs> they tried. Oh, almost as if he'd never been to Fenway before. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Rays gave away the Zim Bear. Oh, the Don Zimmerman uh, teddy bear, right? Yeah, this is somehow exactly oh. what it sounds like. Tampa Ray wanted to honor senior advisor and beloved baseball life for Don Zimmer. So they did the obvious thing. They put Zim on a teddy bear. They gave out 10,000 Zim bears. But it was so popular, the team was forced to bring it back later that year. I was Aww. thinking it was going to be some sort of, like, here's outreach to our sister city in Zimbabwe. <laughs> ah, there we go. Uh, the Yankees gave away Reggie bars. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Oh, for Reggie Jackson? Yep, fresh off the legendary performance in the 1977 World Series, Reggie so Jackson. steel or iron? Hopefully not lead. I don't know that you'd want to be giving people lead because they could get poisoned. But No, no, that's food. Reggie Jackson oh. was about as big an athlete as he could be. So big, in fact, that over the offseason, he went where no big leaguer had gone before onto his very own candy bar. Mm. Was he mm. the first person to do that? I think he was. Makes sense. Uh, the Yankees dubbed their 1978 home opener Reggie Bar Day, and when Jackson hit a three-run homer at his first in bat, fans responded by throwing their bars out of the field. See, again. <laughs> yep. Again, I feel like this is not the fault of the, of the team. Nope. They, they should have eaten them. They're, they're good candy bars from what I understand. 
You know, they could end every single one of these segments with, and then they threw it onto the field. <laughs> yeah. I feel like one person, everyone like looked to, to Mikey and he took a bite and he was like, nah. And they're like, Mikey doesn't like it. And that's when they threw it. That's what did it. Uh, the Indians had an ode to Jose Ramirez's helmet. Which, uh, for the uninitiated, Jose Ramirez has a really, really hard time keeping his helmet on. Pretty much the moment he starts running the bases, it starts flying off. He even managed to kick it back into his own head once. This presented Cleveland with a choice. Ignore the MVP candidate's lovable quirk or honor it with a bobblehead. And the bobblehead they had was him without a helmet on, the helmet falling behind. It'd be great if the helmet bobbled too. If it was also on like a little spring or something. Oh, that would be nice. Uh, The Royals had blindingly white caps. Yep. Okay. A small piece of advice if you're going to give away free caps at a ballpark, make sure they aren't the same color as the baseball, lest you wreak havoc on your own outfield. Oh, no. Oh. Yeah, the 1987 Royals learned that the hard way. Quote, the white caps given to almost 36,000 fans on Sunday looked like a frothing rolling sea at the Royal Stadium, the AP wrote. Several times they nearly blinded outfielders to fly balls. Poor manager <laughs> Billy Gardner tried to say it as politely as he could. Maybe next time we give away hats, we can make them blue. Yeah, the, the real tragedy, actually, I hear, was when they started doing the wave. You know, because the normal swells are no big deal. But you get to those white caps, and then it can get pretty serious. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And finally for this week, the Twins, the Joe Mauer sideburns. Oh, one does not just give away the Joe Maurer sideburns. Yeah, right? one, one very lucky, or sorry, two very lucky fans. There we go. Over his time in Minnesota, Maurer's sideburns became a bit of a thing. They even starred in their very own commercial, understandably so. That's some impressive volume. So naturally, it was a matter of time before the twins gave them away to their people. And they show a picture that's like Velcro you stick to your face that are like sideburns. They show a picture of a bunch of kids wearing them. It's adorable. It's kids with big sideburns, big bushy sideburns. <laughs> I think that I liked. I liked this. And then they threw it on the field. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and that brings it into another wide world of weird sports. Oh, let's throw it all on the field because we got to prepare for the next week. So we have a cleanup clue coming. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings to a close another sports, sports, sports. Podcast. Before we go, we're going to uh, have Dan Snyder come back, the owner of the Washington team, and give you our contact yep, information. Here's, our co- here's the contact information. Here we go. You can find us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. Lots of really offensive stuff on that website for a woke person like me. Yeah, really and I find it very place. hard to believe that you know what Facebook is and have not heard that people were offended by your team name. Or you could find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports number three podcast. I never allowed replies or DMs on Twitter. Probably a mistake. <laughs> Probably would have learned a lot, a lot faster if I did. Yeah, possibly. Or you can find all of our backup episodes at anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast by the way i find that name very offensive They've, there's been a lot of really <laughs> offensive stuff that has happened at, on boats or at sea thank you dan 
Hey guys. Joel. Joel. I don't think I'm going to go to an NFL game this fall. Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.